Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. Amen. Hey, so good to see you. Thank you for being with us. If you would, would you stand back on your feet before you get too comfortable, get all settled in. We're going to read the word together. Hey, I want to update you just on a a few things. Uh, We are in a a new season as a church, and we announced a few weeks ago that we would be forming a transitional leadership team, a team of leaders from each campus that would come together and meet and pray. And that team is going to begin meeting this week. We'll introduce that team to you in the coming weekends so that you know them. But the purpose of that team is so that the decisions that we make as we obey the Lord are not just made from just a a small place of unity, but from a large base of unity. That men and women of God would come together and that we would hear from the Lord and step into this new season with confidence, knowing that He's with us. You know, one of the the questions I get is like, hey, what, what does it mean to be an interim pastor? And I say, I don't know. I don't know what that all entails, but what I do know is that we will not be passive in this moment. And we are going to aggressively obey and do everything that God puts in our heart. And we want to do so from a place of unity. We want to step into uh, a place where the gospel goes out greater than it ever has from Ocean Church. And we're committed to that. And so I just wanted to update you on that. You'll hear more about that as uh, we begin to meet and and step into what the Lord has for us. All right, we're going to look at Psalm 103 as we continue in our series, The Interruptions of Jesus. And there is a connection that you will see in Psalm 103 that we're going we're gonna to unpack and we're going to talk about. I'm passionate about good theology sound theology about some of these subjects that we're dealing with. Today we're going to talk about the interruptions of sickness. And there's a lot of bad theology out there. There's a lot of theology that that we want to allow Scripture to speak to us and to give our hearts a place that is firm, a good foundation for the way that we walk and we deal with these interruptions that each one of us face. And so let's look in Psalm 103. Verse 1 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to speak to our hearts. Would you reveal Jesus, his perspective, his compassion, his love for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to remind you, uh, you did not get these on on accident. Pastor Angie referenced this. We will take communion together uh, towards the end of our service today. Um, Man, It's Palm Sunday, and I just want to tell you, I spent the first 10 years of pastoring in Minnesota, and Palm Sunday felt very different there. It is much better here. We had to, like, import palm branches in Minnesota. 
They didn't just fall on the ground or we didn't just cut them out of our front yard like we can do here. Uh, but Palm Sunday, it marks the beginning of Passover. It marks the beginning of the, the deliverance of God's people from the slavery that they were under in Egypt. And it's a celebration. And, and the, the amazing thing that we see, we see this from Genesis to Revelation, is God, He never separates the connection between freedom from sin and freedom from sickness and disease. He unites those things. We see this in the garden at the very beginning. The garden with Adam and Eve, not only was it free from sin, but it was also free from sickness and disease, from decay. And really the the foundation of, of our theology of why we deal with sickness today is the same as our foundation of why we still deal, deal with sin today. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in an environment that is under uh, the control. Jesus referred to Satan as the God of this world or the God of this age. And so there is an element that, that he works to create a culture that would put sin in front of us. Now, if you're in here today and, and uh, you are a believer of Jesus, or if you're watching online, you're a believer in Jesus, you know that you have been freed from the penalty of sin. That by belief in Jesus, the penalty that was over your life, Jesus took that upon Himself. When He went to the cross, He took your sin and my sin. And so we are freed from that penalty, but how many of you know that, that we still sin? Is it, is it just me? This, this message is going to get real uncomfortable if it's just me. We still deal with sin. When I believed in Jesus and I received Him as my Lord and my Savior, it did not mean that there would still not be moments that sin would be in my life. And there would be a requirement for me to look at the cross and say, Jesus, thank You for Your grace. Thank You for the statement of the cross that speaks louder than my present circumstances. You see, I was saved and I am being saved, and I will be saved. And this is the the foundation of of our our theology, of our belief in what the grace of God means for you and I. It means we do not take it in vain. We don't just live however we want. We live from a place of submission to the Word of God and the heart of God. We have stopped the embrace of sin and God's power flows in our life. And so we, we see this in the interruption of sickness and disease. And last week as we began this series, we looked at it and talked about the interruptions of storms and how crisis moments, just they just come up in our lives. And we looked in Mark chapter 4 how Jesus is trying to get a nap. He's just sailing across the Sea of Galilee and a storm comes from the outside and interrupts his sleep. His disciples were afraid and they woke him up and said, don't you care that we're going to drown? Don't you care that we're in a crisis? And he didn't rebuke them for waking him up. He simply said, why are you afraid? Don't you have faith? And the same way that we saw last week that Jesus speaks peace to the storms outside of us and then the storms inside of us, The same way we're going to see Him speak peace to our hearts today when it comes to sickness and disease and decay. What is going to happen? Faith 
is going to lose its hold on our hearts. Or faith. Did I say faith's going to lose its hold on our hearts? Fear is going to lose its hold on our hearts, and faith is going to grow in our hearts. When Jesus speaks peace, and so the interruptions of life, we saw this last week and talked about it, that they reveal two things. They reveal our lack of control. The interruptions of life reveal that despite our best plans and our best preparation and our best just idea of how we're going to go at life, interruptions step in and they're not polite. They don't ask. They don't check with us first and say, hey, is this a good time for uh, us to step in and just really mess things up? They just do. And in that moment, we realize that we're, we're not in control the way that, that we would like to be. Uh, it was interesting this this weekend. Anna went to my wife went to to Dallas and got some time. One of her friends had a birthday, and and so they all flew in from you know, different parts of the country just to celebrate together. And so I had the kids by myself. And so the realization of the lack of control that we have in life is fresh and new. I have fresh brokenness and desperation for Jesus. But interruptions also reveal our need for a shepherd. They reveal our lack of control and they reveal that, that each one of us are in need of the voice of a shepherd speaking truth to us when we don't know what truth looks and feels like and a hand to guide us when we don't know where to go because of these interruptions. We see the, the deliverance of God's people in, in the book of Exodus and there, there's a, a moment in, in Passover and Palm Sunday uh, just, just coincide in, in, in the, the way that Jesus, is, as we know Palm Sunday, and, and there are the palm branches that were waved as he entered Jerusalem. We know this celeb celebration of what was taking place was them looking back to Exodus and the deliverance of God's people. But you're going to see Jesus in a new light today as we look back and we remember what He did because that celebration points to a sacrificial lamb that was slain in every household. And on the eve of their deliverance where God delivered His people from the slavery of Egypt, this beautiful picture of our deliverance and our freedom from sin, every household took a lamb and they took a spotless lamb and it was slain, and they took the blood of that lamb, and they, they put it on the, the post of their doors. And because of that, the curse, the death, the, the, the punishment for those outside of being under the covering of God's people filled the land. And yet, if, you're, if the blood of a spotless lamb was on your door, it meant deliverance for you. It meant freedom for you. And that's what the celebration was about. And so as Jesus comes into Jerusalem and they're waving palm branches and they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're pointing back to the deliverance of God's people. And what I don't want us to miss today is, is not only did God deliver his people from the slavery of Egypt, but as he did, he says this in Exodus 15 as they're leaving and they're walking and they're stepping into this new place of freedom. He says, I will not put any of the diseases of the Egyptians on you, for I am the Lord, your healer. 
And again, this underlining of the connection between God stepping in and speaking louder than sin, and Him stepping in and speaking louder than sickness and disease is heard. And there are, there are a few things that I just want to highlight that the interruptions of, of sickness, disease, and decay bring to the forefront of, of our thoughts and our minds. Number one is that it reminds us that our, our physical bodies are fragile. You know, we, we as a culture, we love superhero movies, and, and I, I do too, and, and I, I really did growing up. My mom loves to tell the story of when I played soccer that I would never get in the big, you know, the scrum that, that, that all little kids soccer, it's just this big pile of legs and arms flailing everywhere, and, and I, would, I wouldn't go in there. I would always be real hesitant to go in there. And, and my mom, she's, she said, Josh, why don't you get in there? Be aggressive. Go kick the ball. And, and she loves to tell this story because I, I, I just turned to her and I said, Mom, what if I kick someone? Now, she thinks it's because I'm really sweet-natured. Like, my mom's like, oh, my gosh, what a sweet child. It wasn't that at all. It was because I knew how powerful I was. And I knew if I accidentally connected with a kid, that poor kid would have flown because I believed that I had super strength as a superhero. And if I kicked somebody, then the secret would be out. So I didn't want to do that. We don't like the reminders that our bodies are fragile. We don't like those reminders. Sickness, disease, and decay remind us that our bodies are in a process of physical decline. Some of you are saying, when when are we going to get to the encouraging part of this message? (laughs) These are the reminders, the interruptions that fill our lives. You know, when Anna and I got married, she, she has taught me so much, and, and I look back, and, and she's still teaching me so much. But one of the things that, that she got me doing, I had never really, like, had a routine of washing my face, you know, like with the special face soap. I know. I'm sorry. Here I am. Don't judge me too much. But she, I, I now wash my face almost every night. Aren't you proud of me? Isn't that awesome? But not only that, oh, now we're really applauding. <laughs> Not only do I wash my face, my face but, but now if you wondered why I look so bright and cheery, she has this rejuvenation cream that I now apply almost every night. And so that was going well. And now she's added to the repertoire. Now I have this cream that I put under my eyes. So if you wondered why there aren't massive bags, this is, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. We, we don't like, we push back against the reality that our bodies are in a process of declining. And that's good. Let's fight against that as much as we can. But let's not allow there to be a place of fear when the realization of these things hits home. The last thing that, that I just want to bring before us that sickness and disease and decay reveal is that Our life on this earth is temporary. You know, the number one fear that that we have as a society is the fear of death. And Jesus has set us free from fear. And that's in every aspect. Fear has no claim to our hearts as a believer in Jesus Christ. Even in the midst 
of sickness, disease, decay. You know, I've had a number of of friends in my heart just this week as I've prayed over this weekend and the message and because I have a number of friends that are that are battling for their life. I have a friend that's so dear to me. Her name is Sue. And Sue was she's the mother of, of two of my best friends, these brothers that I met in college and they're still to this day some of the closest friends that, that I have. And Sue's been battling cancer for 19 years. And she is continuing to, to fight that fight, continuing to, to come to the Lord. And so as I prepared this week, Sue, Sue's in my heart. I have a friend named Dave in Texas that Dave has, has been through it. He's had a just this... Uh, issue these issues in his back. I, I don't know how many surgeries he's had in his back. And last year, just when it looked like he was getting to a place where, where things could be at, at a better place, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And this interruption of sickness and disease was right there to try to speak fear into his future. I have a friend that, that's here in, in, our, in our church family named Brian. And Brian battles, and there's this, this uh, attack that just comes against his body without warning. And it's vital that when we have these situations, because all of us know uh, either friends or family, we know someone who's in the middle of, of, of biting, fighting this fight, and maybe you're here and you're in that fight as well. It's vital that we have the perspective of Jesus on how he looks and how he responds to the interruptions of sickness and disease. It's interesting as we, we prepared this and looking last week as we went from Mark chapter 4 to Mark chapter 5, the illustration that was in my heart, I didn't realize it was just continuing in Mark 5. Jesus is interrupted by the storm in the boat and then he's interrupted by the man filled with evil spirits having a storm on the inside. He speaks peace to both, and then he gets back into the boat and goes across. And as soon as he steps foot on the shore, we find a man named Jairus. We're going to pick this up in Mark chapter 5. I know it's a, it's a little bit of reading here, but I just want you to stay with me and look at how he responds to these interruptions. This is verse 21 of Mark chapter 5. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed." Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched me? But he kept looking around, 
Or he said, who touched my robes? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. The frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. We, we said this last week, it's, it's just interesting that even Jesus' interruptions, or his interrupt, when he's interrupted, he, his interruptions are interrupted. He's trying to go with Jairus. Jairus comes and says, hey, can you come to my house? My daughter is dying. Jesus says, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll come. And on the way, he's interrupted. And yet in both, we see this truth. And what I want to, to fill our hearts today is Jesus responds to an interruption of sickness and disease in this way that we know Jesus is filled with compassion. Jesus responds with compassion. There's not one account in in the Word of God where Jesus turns anyone away that came to Him for healing. Not one account. Every time, He is filled with compassion. Do you know today, He is filled with compassion for your life and my life. He is filled with love and compassion. I love how He talks to this woman and He tells her, go in peace, your suffering is over. It's amazing to me that Jesus, who knows suffering on a level that no one else would know, still relates and speaks and recognizes that we suffer in this life and wants to step in with His compassion. He is filled with compassion. Every place that we see this in the Word of God where it says Jesus was moved with compassion, immediately after we find the miraculous. And I just want to ask you today, what, what fills your heart and your mind when, when you think about what is the impossible today? Because that's where he went. The impossible that there was not even a thought of a miracle for that time was leprosy. That was not even something that if, if the, the only answer was to be segregated and moved away and put into another place because there was no hope for you if you had leprosy. And that's where he went. See, he, he views sickness and disease different. He has a different perspective. And when we see this, we see that Jesus doesn't view sickness and disease the same way that we do He has a different perspective. You know, this is just my my personal opinion. But one of the areas that that I'm asking the Lord to to show Himself and to reveal Himself in in this way as our healer is the area of mental illness. I think for for our our time today, that's one of the areas that that we see is is like a a leprosy diagnosis where where so many view that as a place that there's no hope for. And the ministry of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, isn't held by the places that we think are impossible. His compassion steps into every place. And so I want our hearts filled with faith. I want your heart to be open for the Word of God to fill and to build faith in your heart today for that.
that there's not a situation, there's not a circumstance that is outside of His compassion. So we see that, that He views these things in a different perspective. You know, it's an interesting note. Think about this. Pastor Jack told me this a little while ago, and it's always stayed with me, but he said, have you ever thought that everyone that Jesus healed died? It's kind of a, kind of a funny thought, isn't it? Like even Lazarus, he raised Lazarus from the, from the grave. Lazarus was dead, now he's alive, and then at a certain point he died again. Jesus has a different perspective. You see, he, he lives with this understanding of eternity. He sees your life and my life. So he's not afraid and he's not moved by sickness and disease because he knows that his blood speaks a better word over your life and my life. The last thing that I want us to see that we know from the response of Jesus to the interruptions of sickness and disease is that Jesus took our sin and He took our sickness at the cross. And this truth is the foundation of how we walk out what it is to pray for healing. What it is to, to bring the, the, the people and the situations that, we, that fill our hearts and our minds as we say, Lord, we're, we're in need. They need a miracle. We look to the cross. This is what Isaiah says. And Isaiah has the clearest picture of the cross of Jesus, not the eyewitnesses. Isaiah is seeing in this prophetic vision, he looking ahead to the cross, he paints a clearer picture of what happened. This is Isaiah 53. It says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Surely he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. If, if the table here represents the cross in the moment that Jesus took our sin and took our sickness, the disease of this life on Himself, then Isaiah is pointing ahead, looking at the cross, saying, by His stripes we are healed. He sees it. He's pointing to it. And then Peter, in 1 Peter 2, verse 24, he is looking back. He is now past the moment of Jesus dying on the cross, carrying our sin, carrying the sickness and disease. And he looks back and he says these words. This is 1 Peter 2.24, "...who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed." He's pointing back to the moment of the cross. For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned or have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You know, I said this at the beginning that our theology, our belief in what it is to be saved, what it is to receive salvation is that we look to the cross and we're able to say, by believing in Jesus as the Son of God, 
dying for my sins, I am saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us that. And despite the presence of very real sin and very real failure, very real brokenness that might be in our lives, we're able to continue to point to the cross and say, I am saved. Because of the cross, I am free from the power of sin. And so today, Lord, I bring you my life. And I thank you that by that revelation of what you did, your power is working in my life. I was saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Hebrews 11 is known as the chapter of the heroes of faith. Abraham's in Hebrews 11. We see all of these heroes of faith, and yet we get to this part where some of those heroes stepped into eternity before seeing the promises of God fulfilled. What happened? They were saved. They were healed. They were being saved, being healed. They will be saved. They will be healed. The blood of Jesus speaks over your life and my life from beginning to eternity. It speaks louder than sin and it speaks louder than sickness. And so what do we do in the presence of sickness and disease? We look to the cross. We say, Jesus, thank you that you took my sickness, my disease in your body on the cross so that I can say, I am healed. I am being healed and I will be healed. You know, this year has, has been a year, this past year is one where this, this realization and the uncertainty of what, what COVID has brought, it, it brings such an importance for you and I to, to know this in our hearts and to be able to respond without fear. Many of you know that a few months ago, we, we buried my grandpa. He, he got COVID and, and it was a very short time before he stepped into eternity. And that was an interruption I didn't like. That was not the interruption that, that, that we had prayed for and the interruption that we had uh, thought would, would happen. And yet in the midst of that, the blood of Jesus speaks a greater word over his life. Do you know what he experienced when he stepped into eternity? He experienced the fullness of joy. He experienced the fullness of life. He experienced what it was to live outside of disease and sickness and decay. And the promises of God do not go unfulfilled. And so today we look at the cross. I want you to grab your communion elements because the celebration of Palm Sunday, the celebration of Passover, is the celebration that we see from Exodus 15. That where the spotless lamb was slain, I mean, think about the perspective of Jesus as he comes into Jerusalem and they're cheering, and yet he knows what he's about to take onto his body. He knows the weight that's about to, to rest on him. He knows that he is taking the punishment for sin, the punishment of sickness and disease upon himself. And he did that so that you and I would never with bad theology and bad beliefs, say God's putting sickness on that person to teach him a lesson. 
God does not put sickness on people to teach them lessons. There is perspective in the midst of suffering. There is a redemption that the Lord works into our life. That we, walk, we always walk out of situations when we look to Him and we look to the cross. Our lives are grown and there's a new depth in knowing Him and knowing His grace and His compassion. But God did not put that on His sons to then turn as His Son took that for you and I and then put it right back on His people. And we have to know these as we walk through these interruptions. The spotless lamb was slain in every home. Palm Sunday, Passover, the Last Supper, Jesus is celebrating this. We take communion because of Passover. Today we get to to take communion together and say, Jesus, we remember the price that you paid. We remember that not only did you take our sin, but you took our sickness and our disease, that your blood speaks a better word over our life. And so today we're going to look to the cross and we choose to believe you. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.